Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 2, Episode 13. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, and hope everybody had a good July 4th weekend and got to have some fun and enjoy the sun. Absolutely. It uh, should be a, a great one, uh, or was a great one. I forget. We're, we're recording this fr- uh, Friday before the 4th, so, uh, but you guys will be listening to it afterwards. So, yes, uh, coming into it, we're going to have a good weekend, but we hope when you listen to this, that uh, yes, you had a good one. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, the fighting styles and masteries. Uh, we're going to split this up into two parts because there's uh, a lot on each side. So just to make sure that we, uh, you know, cover those well enough, we're going to we're going to because we're going to do the styles and masteries together that uh, are paired. So we're going to do half of them today and then uh, later on we'll finish up the list. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh First announcements as we do on our end, uh, of course, a shout out to all of our listeners, followers, and subscribers. Uh, make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, to get access to all of our content out there, uh, including uh, this podcast, YouTube channel, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch for our live plays, and uh, our merch store, if you haven't checked that out yet. And lastly, our Patreon, which helps support this podcast and other content we create. Speaking of that Patreon, we do have uh, some new Patreon members there, which we'd love to uh, give a shout out to. Uh, We have a tier two member, Ian, thank you. And we have three tier three members, Thomas, James, and Matthew. Matthew uh, took advantage of that annual uh, Patreon discount. So uh, he got the full year with, I think think it's set around like 15% discount, uh, which is definitely worthwhile there. So uh, big thanks to all of you for your support there. Uh, also, uh, it is the first of the month, this episode, first episode of the month, I should say. And uh, with that comes, uh, for this month, is the an encounter that we're going to put together. Tegan, if you want to talk about that, it's a little related to today's episode. Definitely. Uh, so the fighting styles uh, and masteries are great for PCs, but if you're a DM and you want to kind of make a simple monster but spice them up, uh, the the masteries and styles can be a great way to do so. Uh, so this encounter is going to be based around uh, just making some cool NPCs with uh, different mixed matches of the styles and masteries to just give your PCs a little bit of trouble. So this will be a fun one that you can kind of throw into pretty much any point in your campaign. They're going to be kind of a group of bounty hunters that work pretty well together. Uh, so this could be something you can just kind of throw in uh, if you need a fun encounter and want to kind of push your players to the edge a bit. Yeah, looking forward to that one. And uh, that, again, is available to uh, our Patreon members in the Tier 2 or 3 levels. So either of those, you'll get access to that and all of our other, uh, you know, custom adventure content and whatnot that we put out there. So check that out. Uh, Vagrant Freighters is off, uh, was missing a week as well with this podcast. So that'll be out next week or for episode five. Uh, I've kind of, I've written out the roadmap to wrapping up that story. Looking forward to seeing how that concludes. So it's been a fun one to put together and then, uh, look forward to what the next, uh, series will be out there. 
Uh, I think that's everything on our end. Uh, we have so, a few new with our off week, a few new pieces of Star Wars 5e content. Uh, one of those being some new force powers. We're not going to go over any of that uh, here today. Check those out. Uh, you know, another good batch of that stuff. Uh, but there are two archetypes which we will go over. Uh, Tegan, if you want to uh, take the first one with uh, archetype for the monk. Yeah, so this is a cool one. Uh, so the Terracasi Order for the Monk. So uh, based off the, kind of that martial arts style, uh, for those of you guys that have been following Star Wars 5e for a while, know that there used to be a Terracasi Order uh, available, archetype available that was based more off the open hand monk from traditional D&D, but they wanted to kind of reimagine and make it kind of more accurate to kind of the Terracasi Legends lore. Uh, so they reintroduced this one, and it's definitely going to be a fun one. Uh, so this one, uh, the main feature of it uh, is the, and I'm going to butcher this, but the the Fodari stance, I believe it is. Uh, it's a cool thing with this. So you get this at level three when you start the class, uh, but you can basically use your bonus action to go into that stance. Uh, and when you go into that stance, a couple of big things happen. Uh, the first thing is you get, a, especially for a monk, a really cool... Uh, AOE. Uh, so when you first use that bonus action, you can do a flurry of blows on creatures of your choice within 10 feet of you. So one of the hard things as a monk is you're pretty, uh, you don't really have many options to hit multiple things at once. So this gives you something that can do that. Uh, but on top of that, once you go into that stance, you get the, the AOE, but you also get a couple of cool features uh, like a uh, the death weave which will uh give you some temporary hit points if you reduce a creature to zero hit points uh the gundark slap uh which if you hit somebody on the turn uh with an unarmed strike uh, or monk weapon uh you can make it so they can't use reactions to the end of your next turn which is great for monks if you want to kind of be zipping and darting around the field uh as well as uh the sleeping crate uh crate uh which will allow you to use uh your wisdom or charisma modifier instead of strength or dexterity uh or sort of strength sorry whenever you make a strength saving throw uh and you also have advantage on the saving throws against being charmed or frightened uh so just some cool stuff uh this is the level three features it kind of builds off of that uh but i know terracasi is one of those cool flavor pieces within legends i think it's within canon too i know it's within legends uh but could definitely be kind of a fun way to flavor out your monk too very nice yeah uh another good addition to the ever-growing list of archetypes for all the classes in the system uh, good to see that one. And speaking of that, uh, another one on that I'm going to present here is the uh, the latest uh, Astrotech Engineering, uh, not to be confused with the other Astrotech Engineering archetype, uh, which is the companion version. This is the uh, companion list version. Uh, so this uh, archetype for the engineer uh, is for engineers who focus on their knowledge of um, droid technology constructs, things like that. So uh, rather than working with the companion, this one is is knowing that technology and um, you know being able to to manipulate that and and work with that and whatnot in the battlefield and and what have you. Off the bat, uh, pro bonus proficiencies that you gain with this archetype uh, in the Astrotex implements, and uh, that can help with crafting as well. Uh, your rate there doubles with that. Uh, and then getting into really the, the core piece of this archetype is the electronic warfare platform. Uh, so starting at level three, you learn to modify your uh, implements into a mobile electronic platform. So similar to the other ones like the um, 
the arms tech and armor mech, uh, the arms tech has the blaster uh, that becomes their kind of en engineer item. And then the armor mech is obviously the armor. Uh, so this platform is what the Astrotech engineer utilizes. Uh, and then you can modify that uh, with modifications, just as you do in the other engineer archetypes. Uh, so uh, a few things that uh, you can uh, use with this, uh, it has an ionizing field. Uh, whenever a droid or construct starts its turn within five feet of you, it gains four slowed levels and takes ion damage equal to half your engineer level. So definitely a nice little buffer area you can generate for yourself. Um, jamming field whenever you or a friendly creature within 10 feet uh, forced to make a saving throw by a tech power uh, you gain a bonus equal to your intelligence modifier and uh, last here for the uh, first three uh, core features of the platform is targeting field uh, you and friendly creatures within five feet gain a bonus to ranged weapon damage rolls the first ranged weapon damage rolls uh, equal to your intelligence modifier so uh, yeah just a nice little uh, piece that buffs uh, yourself and your party in that um, additionally at third level uh, potent electromagnetism and once per round when you deal damage to a droid or construct you can expend a use of your potent aptitude to deal an extra 2d6 damage uh, the same type as the source of the damage so if you're doing something that's ion or lightning or something that directly affects those types of enemies uh, you can really ramp it up there and, and do some heavy damage uh, one last thing to touch on here in this class is at level six, uh, archetype uh, for level six is direct controller and your mastery of droids improves your ability to manipulate them. So if you cast a power that affects only droids or constructs and you only affect droids with the power, you can choose to treat the power as if it's cast at your max power level. So again, really kind of ramping this up against that specific type of enemy. You get uh, uses number of times equal to your proficiency bonus for this. Uh, regain a long rest so uh, a couple more features at 14th and 18th we won't get into here but um another uh you know engineer is a really fun class i've played that once and, and just that you know being able to modify your your key uh engineer item uh, in this case that's a platform uh there's lots of good uh good mods out there for this so take a look at that and um you'll see if you're interested in that so another good addition Definitely. I've really appreciated their kind of a new process of going and making some uh, companionless versions of some of the classes, too. I know they've already done the the Path of Witchcraft for the Sentinel. So this gives you still some of those cool options that may have come with the companion class, just in case your DM uh, doesn't want to run companions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point for sure. So uh, I think with that, uh, we can head into our episode today. As mentioned at the top, uh, we're going to be talking about fighting styles and masteries. Uh, this is a something that I think is, um, you know, a little bit brought over from 5e, right, Tegan? Uh, but then expanded to, um, I mean, changed in the way that they're used and expanded across a lot of the other classes. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, they, they kind of brought uh, some of the or they brought some of the names of the styles over, I should say. But uh, one of the cool things they've done is they've because with the uh, traditional 5e, it's usually just like a like the archery style, just a plus two to uh, your archery ranged attacks and uh, dual links plus two to your damage with one armed uh, or with uh, one handed weapon strikes. Or it's usually a modifier where these ones actually will change the way you play a class. Uh, so it just really allows you to kind of have that uh, both mechanics uh, that you can put flavor to and just really makes you you feel a little bit more unique when you have that fighting style uh, versus just being some modifier you add to your role. Right. Yep. 
and uh, there's there's a total of uh, 24 of them. Uh, as we said, we're splitting these in half. There's and then there's a style and a mastery. You have to have the style first to then get the um, the adjoining uh, mastery, and it just kind of enhances what that the, the mastery enhances on top of uh, what the style does. Uh, there's a few ways that you can get these uh, styles and masteries for your character. Um, the fighter, guardian, and scout all get those natively at level two. You just you get a fighting style, so you can go ahead and pick that, and then. Um, you know, I, I'd assume that later on in, in those classes, you'd, you might get a, another style or a mastery. Um, the Berserker, uh, Monk, Operative, and Sentinel uh, are able to get those through there. So the Berserker is called an Instinct, uh, the Vows for the Monk, Exploits for the Operative, uh, Ideal for the Sentinel. Um, that allows you to choose, you know, one of those options and, and they have various options there, but in within each one of those is an option to take a fighting style. So it's another way. Those are at level two as well uh, for each of them. Um, so it's not just a straight fighting style choice. There's other options along with it, but still the option to do so. Counselor, engineer and scholar uh, do not have access through their uh, core class features uh, to a fighting style or mastery. So for them, or if you wanted to, to do something different with your class build, uh, you'd have to go for the feat. There's a fighting stylist feat and then fighting mastery feat. Um, and those are both the level four uh, prereqs. So you gotta be at level four to have those. You can't get it, you know, it's definitely not a beginner feat, uh, but that would be a way to obtain these. So that's kind of how, how you get access to these, uh, these features. And now we're gonna run through these. Uh, we're not going to go through every little bullet point of what these are. You guys can, you know, check that out yourselves on the website. But hopefully, we're going to, uh, you know, give you the flavor of what it is, and then offer, you know, maybe the main uh, main bullet point out of it. But then also some suggestions on really how to take advantage of of the style and mastery. So, Tegan, let's get into it uh, off the top. Uh, first one with the akimbo style and akimbo mastery. So this one is going to be for any players out there that want to utilize two blasters. Uh, you've, you've, you're skilled or you've mastered fighting with two blasters and there's a benefits to you uh, with dual wielding uh, in that regard and things like that. So what are, what would be kind of the, the main um, features out of these and then suggestions for uh, using this with a class build? Nice. So a couple of cool things with this one. Uh, so I know a lot of people are thinking, why would you want to do this versus dual wield or what's uh, that one called? The oh yeah, dual wield uh, feet and or style and mastery. Um, this one is going to be specific to blasters. So uh, it gives you kind of the usual one with the style. You get to add your modifier to damage. So kind of like twin or dual weapon fighting. Uh, but the cool thing with the styles, it's like it lets you reload without needing a free hand because uh, that's something you'd have to consider. Do you have to drop one of your weapons or do something weird to, uh, to reload it? Uh, but now you can reload the style without one hand free uh, and if you go all the way to the mastery you can reload both weapons uh, with one bonus action uh, so kind of do that cool uh, imagery there um, otherwise, uh, it is fairly typical to uh, the dual wielding style. It's going to, uh, with the, uh, the style, you get to add the, the damage. With the mastery, you're going to be able to um, 
just kind of uh, get some additional features like making some additional attacks without sacrificing proficiency. Uh, this is going to be kind of cool if you want to go with uh, like a, a Cad Bane style with a character that's uh, kind of just dual wielding pistols or even if you take the master, you can do heavier we or weapons that don't have that light property. So you can do heavy blaster pistols or things like that too. Uh, so just really any, like it goes well with fighter classes, uh, operatives too, if you want to take that as well, just to give you some more chances to get that sneak attack damage going. Uh, but any any character where you just want to kind of have that uh, akimbo style where you're just kind of having two guns blazing, uh, this is going to be a good fit for it. Absolutely. Yeah, good one there. All right. So uh, moving along next is the Berserk style uh, and mastery. Uh, so this is a fun one. Uh, I utilize the style at least with uh, my guardian in the hunted campaign. Uh, which comes in handy sometimes. Essentially, you're kind of returning damage to uh, your enemies uh, in in various ways, uh, but that's kind of the feature. Is is you know probably definitely uh, is is more related to a melee character. So if you're in the fray um, and uh, yeah, somebody is nearby or hurts you, you're gonna deal some of that back. So uh, what do we got with this one, Tegan, and and who's it useful for? Definitely. So this one, uh, it's useful for any melee character, but especially if you can get a barbarian or sorry, berserker, I should say, uh, it's great for berserkers because uh, one of the, the style features is you can choose to let an attack hit you uh, and it allows you when you choose to let your attack hit you, they have to roll damage is normal versus taking maximum like the, the rule usually is uh so the cool thing is if you're raging uh you can half that damage and hopefully you kind of bring it down to, to pretty much nothing and then return them when you hit them back and just kind of double up that strength modifier and get some crazy damage with it uh just using the style uh otherwise where you get with the mastery uh is you get some uh, options to use your reaction to make attacks against creatures near you uh so uh, like one of them is if a creature near you takes uh within five feet deals damage to you with a uh, weapon uh, you can use a reaction to uh, make an attack against that creature uh, you actually get to double the damage uh, with uh, your proficiency bonus too uh, so pretty cool there uh, you also get uh, some advantage on saving throws to be frightened uh, or uh, prevent you from attacking a, a creature uh, so if you or anything that really causes you to act against your will which is great if you're playing a berserker because a lot of times they will fail those wisdom saving throws uh, so that's going to give you a little bit of an extra chance to hit that uh, so this, this is just a fun one uh, for any melee class if you're going to be right, kind of right up in the mix uh, that's a strength build I recommend it. Uh, lets you get some crazy damage. Uh, but if you're a berserker, uh, definitely either use it for your feet or uh, use it as one of your instincts. This can really be a way to up your damage and give you some more, uh, give me a little bit more utility as well. Yeah, definitely uh, a good one there. As I said, I use it with just the berserk style with a guardian, and you know it, that comes in handy a lot uh, to to up the damage, as you said. So. Moving on, uh, another, you know, probably more melee-based uh, style mastery here is the brawler style. So kind of, you know, throwing your weight around, uh, really uh, utilizing, you know, specifically unarmed strikes and things like that um, to your advantage and uh, just getting more out of that. Uh, so Tegan, what's uh, some core stuff out of that and, and who can utilize that? 
this is one of my favorites. Um, I mentioned probably on the podcast before, I like making a lot of attacks uh, and the style and mastery for this one's a great way to get a lot of attacks for a class that may not necessarily have it. Uh, so this one gives you proficiency with improvised weapons to start with, uh, but the, also the nice thing is it bumps up your unarmed damage die by one level uh, up to a D8. So if you didn't have unarmed damage before, it'd bump you up from a one to a D4, uh, D4 to D6, all the way up to the D8. So it just gives you some extra damage there. Uh, that also allows you, uh, when you have to throw the style, when you take the attack action, uh, as long as you are doing a grapple, shove, uh, or make an attack or trip, or then make an attack against a creature, either with an unarmed strike or a weapon in one hand on your turn, uh, you can use your bonus action to either make an unarmed strike, grapple, shove, trip, uh, whatever it may be. So this one's it's cool on this side because it's going to allow you to get some more attacks. Uh, I actually made a fighter using this before because the nice thing, as long as you make an attack with one hand or a one-handed weapon, uh, you can get that bonus action on arm strike. Uh, the unarmed strike doesn't have to be a punch. It can be like a kick, a headbutt, whatever it is. Uh, so if you want to do a short sword and shield, a uh, fighter or berserker or whatever it may be, this can be a great way to get your bonus action in and still get some extra damage with it. Uh, so highly recommend that. I had some, a lot of fun with the fighter I ran that used that style. Um, also, if you did that brawler mastery, uh, it gives you a couple cool things. Uh, so it also gives you an increase uh, for your improvised weapon. Uh, it bumps them up to a D6 uh, for damage versus that D4 they usually are. Uh, and if you wield it in two hands, you can get two D4 for the damage. So if you wanted to have like a real tavern fighter that kind of uses whatever is at hand uh, to fight people, this could be a good way to make that a little bit more uh, kind of practical. Uh, it also bumps your unarmed damage up another die. And uh, also uh, gives you a free action attack that you can take when you hit somebody with a uh, unarmed strike or um, weapon attack with one hand on that turn, you can use another attack that sacrifices your proficiency but doesn't use any type of action. Uh, so it just gives you a little bit more economy on that side uh, to make another attack against someone. Uh, so these are great. Uh, also, outside of just the unarmed strikes, it's great for a grapple build because uh, it gives you more chance to grapple, shove, trip, and all of that as well. Uh, so this is truly what I recommend, and especially if you're running a fighter because you'll get uh, a free mastery at level three. This could be a good one. Take both those. You get uh, at least a D6 of unarmed damage depending on your species. Uh, it can just really go to town with it. Yeah, definitely a good way to, to just, you know, flesh out a, a character like that, especially said, you know, that unarmed fighting and, and grappling style. Uh, moving on here next is the covert style. Uh, as the name would suggest, this is uh, being skilled at, uh, you know, fighting from an unseen angle, gaining advantage over your foes, uh, you know, while hidden and whatnot. So, Tegan, what's the core features of this and uh, who can utilize this? So this is uh, another good one, uh, especially for kind of operatives or uh, sentinels even, or any classes can rely on stealth. This can be a great feature for it. Um, one of the cool things with some of these other styles like this is it allows you to uh, gain bonus action features. Uh, so like uh, you can gain, for this one, you gain the bonus action to hide. Uh, if you didn't have hide before. Uh, the cool thing is if, even if you did have hide before, it lets you take a step further uh, and hide as a reaction. 
Uh, so just really gives some cool action economy on that side. So you don't have to worry about sacrificing your bonus action or missing out on something like that. Uh, you'll still be able to get done what you want to. Uh, also with the style, it gives you, uh, if you've dealt damage to a creature or creatures that you've dealt damage to at the start of your last turn, will have disadvantage on wisdom check or perception checks to find you. Uh, so kind of a cool feature there, allows you to remain hidden, uh, especially if you mix that with a silencer or something like that, uh, it'll give you uh, some pretty cool opportunities to stay out of sight. Uh, if you get the mastery with it too, uh, it's going to allow you to hide when lightly obscured. Uh, so it kind of gives you some more situations where you can kind of hide out. Uh, also, uh, you're going to be able to uh, kind of once per turn, if you hit somebody on an attack uh, while being hidden from that creature, you can double your uh, double uh, your proficiency damage uh, and add it to the, the attack damage for it. Uh, so just some cool extra damage you can do on that side. Uh, so this is going to be great for like your operatives, your sentinels, anybody that's going to be hiding out, uh, especially if you can kind of mix it with uh, expertise and stealth, it can be pretty deadly. Always, uh, always a key part of the game is, is hiding. So it's a good one to, you know, maybe add to your build. Definitely. Uh, next up is the defense style and defense mastery. Uh, this one, this one is going to be focusing on, you know, defending yourself, uh, utilizing, getting some extra, uh, utilization of your armor perhaps as well. And, uh, you know, just kind of reducing that incoming damage. Uh, Tegan, what's the key features of this one and who can utilize the style and mastery? Oh, so this is going to be a good one um, for fighters or because another kind of good melee class one or just one. Even uh, if you may have a character that may have some low HP and just really wants to make sure they're uh, Get, kind of minimizing incoming damage, uh, but I like it for fighters, or berserkers, or anyone that's going to be kind of up front for it. Uh, basically, with a style, you're going to be able to use your bonus action to mark a creature within 30 feet that you can see, uh, and that's going to go to the end of your next turn. Uh, so whenever they attack you or whenever they kind of uh, hit you uh, and do damage, you're going to be able to reduce that uh, by an amount equal to half your strength or constitution modifier, your choice. Uh, so kind of a good way to just lower some of that damage coming in. Uh, also, you get advantage on strength checks and saving throws to avoid being moved. So that's just kind of a cool feat for the style. So gives you something to do with your bonus action if you didn't have that before and kind of help uh, reduce some of that damage coming in. Uh, also, if you go all the way up to the mastery for this one, this one, the mastery for it's pretty sweet. Uh, I like the mastery on this side. Uh, it's going to, uh, so damage you take from weapons is gonna be reduced uh, by an amount equal to your proficiency bonus. Uh, if it brings it down to zero, the damage is said reduced to one. Uh, and any time uh, where a creature uh, within melee uh, range against you uh, attacks, uh, whether it hits or miss, uh, you can use a reaction to shove that creature up to 10 feet away from you. Uh, so just kind of a cool win there. You can kind of bully people around, uh, use your strength just to kind of keep them away from you and uh, hopefully stop them from hitting you further and take a little bit less damage as they do so. Yeah, and, you know, I was just kind of thinking, as you mentioned that, we talked the other, uh, a while ago, I think, just kind of managing the battlefield with some of those other actions and, and things. And, and uh, yeah, just, you know, combination of a lot of the stuff with that one, uh, you know, shoving people away, definitely a useful option there. Uh, next up is the disruption style. So uh, this is going to be for tech or force casters. Uh, if you're either of those, you make one choice. And um, sorry, uh, 
this is you're, you're making a choice of one of those and then you are skilled at uh, interfering with casters of the chosen type so if you're going against uh, one of those uh, you are skilled or mastered at uh, you know posing those types of enemies uh, so tegan tell us the core features of the disruption style and then who does that work for definitely so this one's a kind of a good one um for uh, a lot of different classes, uh, the three that kind of come to mind, fighter, fits any of the styles fit well with the fighter, uh, but monk really well, uh, scout pretty well as too, especially if you're going to be kind of a closer, uh, somewhat closer range scout. Uh, but especially the monks, I think probably the best class for it. Uh, but especially if you're kind of for a flavor piece, if you're building like a Mandalorian or um, clone trooper that fought against the Jedi or anybody that's kind of hunted uh, force users uh, or even just kind of used to fighting tech as well, um, this is gonna be kind of a good flavor piece to pick up for them. Uh, for the style, you get a couple cool things. Uh, so whenever uh, you force a creature to make a concentration check or a saving throw, a constitution saving throw, uh, and they succeed on the save, you can use your bonus action to make them re-roll it. So if you know you're gonna have like a force heavy campaign going up against the Sith, they've got some nasty concentration powers. This can be a good way to hopefully make sure they fail it. Um, especially if uh, you take a uh, kind of like as a monk or uh, as a scout and you pick up, uh, what's it called? the uh, uh, there's a tech power that's magic missile. I'm blanking on the name of it right now, uh, but you can just become a good way to make sure they fail some of those saves. Uh, outside of that, uh, once per round, when a hostile creature casts a power within five feet of you, uh, they must make a constitution saving throw uh, to maintain concentration. Uh, so it's going to be a DC 10 plus the power's level. Uh, so this is, as I said, great for monks. So you're going to be right up in their grill. Uh, you can just, right by virtual being next to them, make them fail on casting a power uh, and just uh, make sure that they're wasting their points and wasting their turn doing something. Uh, and that's just for the style. The the, feet, uh, the mastery gets pretty pretty cool too. Uh, with the mastery, you also get uh, the option for uh, when a creature within thirty feet of you casts a power, they provoke an attack opportunity attack. So this can be good. So even ranged creatures, as long as you're within thirty feet, if you're using a blaster, uh, you can take a shot at them uh, as they cast that power. Uh, also, uh, so for if you especially if you mix the style with the mastery, uh, if uh, whenever you force a creature to maintain a uh, make a concentration saving throw, the DC increases by your proficiency bonus. Uh, so that's kind of a good way to hopefully make sure they're failing those more often, uh, and you also get advantage against any saving throws or, uh, against powers cast by creatures that you can see if you've dealt damage to them uh so this is gonna I, I think both of those are fantastic for mandalorians if they're going up against jedi pretty often or even if you wanted to make like a an inquisitor an ex-inquisitor uh that could be kind of a good one to kind of add mechanics to the flavor absolutely yeah another good one there uh, as you said there's a lot of flavor in that one uh, or you can draw from that so but in general the mechanics are great as well so uh, next two, uh, one at a time here, but uh, you know probably going to be some of the po most popular ones you'd see here in class builds. Uh, the first one is the dual wield style and mastery. Uh, so the dual wield style mastery is going to be uh, where your your class, your character is is skilled at fighting with two weapons, um, you know, one in each hand, and that's going to be significant. Uh, as we get to the duelist up next, which is going to be uh, specifically a you know single weapon for that property, but 
Coming back to the dual wield, um, Tegan, tell us the key features of this and uh, you know who, who might utilize that uh, most beneficially. Perfect. So the, this one, um, people use anybody that can, if you don't have something to use with your bonus action uh, and you don't, uh, depending on if you're going to the style or the mastery, don't mind using a light weapon. Uh, this could work for pretty much any class. Uh, the ones I see a lot work really well for operative uh, in particular, because uh, you sneak attack, uh, it could be a uh, gamble. If you miss that, you kind of feel like you're wasted on your own turn because you just get one attack. Uh, having that dual wield style can give you a second chance to hopefully hit and do some extra damage with it. Uh, nice thing with dual wield too. So this one, uh, Akimbo was just more kind of flavored to blasters. Uh, this is fair game for both blasters as well as vibro weapons and light weapons. Uh, only thing is it doesn't give you those reload properties. So it kind of gives you some of the best of both worlds there. Uh, so for those guys, it's great. Fighters, it's good too, especially fighters if you're going up to a high level campaign. If you're going to level 11, you're going to get the, that extra bonus action attack too. So you can just make an ungodly amount of attacks with these ones uh, with uh, your proficiency or with your uh, kind of modifier bonus and all that too. So definitely recommend that there. Uh, but going through the features for this one, so pretty similar to a Kembo, you're going to get your uh, attack modifier to the damage roll while you're doing two weapon fighting. So Kitman makes uh, good use of that there. The uh, One of the difference for dual wield style uh, is you can actually make opportunity attacks. Uh, when you have to get to make an opportunity attack, you can use both of your weapons. So that can be pretty impactful with it. Uh, so definitely check that portion out. Uh, for the mastery, though, um, best thing of the master, or two cool things with the mastery, I should say, uh, is you're going to get to wield weapons that lack the light property. Uh, so that can kind of give you uh, some more choices there. It bumps uh, damage die up to a D8. Uh, if you're doing kind of another high level campaign thing, uh, but I think you have to be at least level 12 for it. Uh, but I did a, a one shot a little while back uh, for level 20 characters. And if you can pick up Titan's Power uh, as well as dual wield mastery, uh, Titan's Power lets you one hand, two handed weapons. Uh, you can just do some crazy damage by dual wielding two great sabers or whatever it may be. Uh, there's actually even my too that can let you one-handed two-handed weapon uh so check those out uh it could be good ways to uh, get some kind of ridiculous feats going with it uh also uh you get the opportunity when you engage in two weapon fighting you can forego the proficiency bonus for both of your attacks uh and if you do so uh it's going to allow you to make a free action uh attack with well, one of your weapons on that uh so it gives you a little bit of more action economy at the chance of uh, potentially missing due to not having your prof bonus uh but pretty cool there uh it also gives you another feature too where if you use your bonus action uh, to engage in two weapon fighting, you can forgo one or more of the attacks. And for each attack you forgo, uh, you get a plus one AC uh, until the start of your turn. So getting if you're kind of worried about getting hit, you can kind of do some flourishes and uh, hopefully build up your AC a bit. That's a good a good uh, pair there. I've I've uh, recently utilized the dual list as an operative, as you mentioned, Tegan, and uh, that was you know massive, very helpful. Um, other than, you know, my shit luck with Avre, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, you know, just, that's a, that's a great one to have, um, you know, all around. So, uh, next up is the, uh, duelist style and duelist mastery. Uh, and so this is going to be, uh, you know, giving you some extra benefits, uh, only utilizing one weapon. Uh, so tell us the uh, key features of this style mastery pair and, uh, who might, uh, take advantage of that. So this is another cool one. Um, 
I like this one, especially so if you're going to be a fighter using one-handed weapon, especially if you're going to have good charisma, uh, this one uh, is linked to the deception stat for some of the features. So I definitely recommend if you're going to have a good charisma build to go with it, uh, especially if you want to kind of do like a, a kind of like a Count Dooku style build, this could be kind of the way to, uh, to have that go through well. Uh, so it fits well for kind of a, pretty much any of the any of the classes on this one uh sense knows especially if you're going with the kind of a charisma build for guardians uh whatever it may be as long as you're using a one-handed weapon uh for the feature uh so one of the cool things you get for the style is you can use your bonus action to faint so uh if you're fighting somebody you would make a charisma deception check uh against their insight uh, on a success, you're going to have an advantage on that first attack roll against them. This is going to be another good one for the operative. So if you're in a situation where you can't get sneak attack, this can just give you a free sneak attack by giving you that advantage uh, on the roll as long as you beat them for the check. Uh, so definitely a good one there. Also, uh, if you miss with the weapon attack, uh, you can use your bonus attack bonus action to repeat the attack against the same target. Um, everything that was on that first roll would still apply, uh, but this could be a good way, especially if uh, you're having some bad luck with the Vry or bad luck with roll 20, uh, or even just real dice, uh, to get a good second chance on striking back at them. Hopefully uh, the luck will turn for you. Uh, so cool things there. Uh, that's just the style, but if you do move up to the mastery, you get a little bit more too. Uh, so with the mastery, uh, if you take the attack action, uh, you can kind of do something similar. So you can take your attacks without the aid of your proficiency bonus, uh, but you can use a reaction to make an additional attack also without proficiency. So it just gives you some more, uh, more opportunities to just kind of make some more attacks and just really use your full action economy. Uh, also, uh, when a creature hits you with a melee attack, you can use reaction to add your proficiency bonus to your AC. Uh, it's a kind of a little parry that you can throw in there. So hopefully making it a little bit harder to hit. Uh, and you also get advantage on uh, ability checks and saving throws that'll help you avoid being disarmed. So it's kind of good at keeping your weapon in hand as well. Yeah, it's always a good benefit to have. So another good pair there. Got four more for this episode that we'll go over. Uh, Let's keep going with this. Uh, next up is the Equilibrium Style and Mastery. So this will be for uh, character builds that uh, want to be skilled with without the confines of armor, uh, whether you're wearing light or no armor and not using a shield, uh, you will uh, be able to utilize the benefits of this style and mastery. Tegan, what are those benefits and uh, who can utilize this? Definitely. So this is going to be one that's probably primarily used by monks, uh, maybe sentinels, operatives. Uh, so just those classes that aren't going to rely on armor and just won't need a shield. Uh, so what are you going to be able to do with this is you gain another bonus action feature. With this one, you can mark a creature up within 30 feet of you. Uh, when you do so, you gain a bonus to your AC and dexterity saving throws against that target uh, equal to half your dex mod. Uh, you can only mark one creature, but this is kind of a good one, especially for monks, because uh, you're never going to have a shield, you're never going to have light armor. Uh, it does take your bonus action, but if you're going up against a heavy hitter, uh, this could be a good way just to make sure you get a little edge to yourself as you're going up against them. Uh, you also have advantage on dexterity checks and saving throws to avoid being moved. So uh, if somebody's trying to grapple you up or something like that, or they've got a power that could throw you back, uh, it's going to give you advantage on it. Uh, now, moving up to the mastery for this one, you get a couple cool features as well. Uh, basically, uh, if a creature misses you with a weapon attack, you can use your reaction to make an unarmed strike or weapon attack that gets that creature without your proficiency bonus. So great one for monks. 
Uh, just gives you another use for your reaction, especially uh, it could be hard to hit a lot of the times. Uh, when a creature hits you with a weapon attack, you can use a reaction to uh, impose a penalty onto the attack equal to your proficiency bonus. So really kind of a good one to make sure people just aren't hitting you or if they are hitting you, uh, you can kind of hit them right back. Uh, and if you disarmed, you can use reaction to immediately catch your weapon. So if you're kind of knocking out of your hands, you can just kind of drop down and catch it before it hits the ground. Uh, this is one of those ones, too, for the monks. Uh, if you're looking for a feat, uh, just taking Equilibrium Mastery can be a good way to go. Uh, it just really gives you a lot because monks can be a little squishy sometimes uh, just to hopefully avoid some damage uh, and kind of still be in the fray without having to worry about getting hit too much. Yeah, good point there for sure. Uh, definitely good for those, uh, you know, that generally don't rely on armor and things like that. So, all right. Uh, next up is the explosives style and mastery. Um, probably can assume what that one is. There's there's uh, usually in one one person in every party that likes to be a little bit of a, you know, grenade monkey or whatever and, and make things go boom. So uh, <laughs> this is probably going to be up their alley. Uh, Tegan, tell us the uh, features of this style mastery and um, if there's any specific classes or builds that would work well using this yeah this one's one that can be dangerous uh so with the explosive style uh it's gonna let you throw a grenade as a bonus action instead of taking your full action uh the even crazier part if you're picking a class that allows you to throw a grenade as a bonus action that brings it down to a reaction uh, so you could throw three grenades in a turn if you pick the right class with it. Uh, it's like if you went with a demolitionist specialist fighter, uh, I think at level seven or so, you get the ability to throw a grenade as a bonus action. You could just light up the battlefield, and especially with how potent some of the grenades are, that can, that can really do some damage uh, on a creature. Uh, also, another cool piece with it, if you get somebody that rolls a one on their saving throw uh, against uh, ammunition or explosive that you're utilizing, uh, they take maximum damage. So just really one of those ones you can throw some crazy punishment on them uh, in case they do fail uh, or whatever you're throwing at them. Uh, yeah, so uh, the mastery is pretty sick too. Uh, so one of the biggest things with it uh, is it's going to allow you to change the DC for ammunition or explosive you're using. Uh, so rather than just being like the traditional grenades DC, you can change it from uh, to eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier, uh, which are some of those grenades can get pretty sick because they usually have like a DC 13, 14, where you can really bump that up quite a bit. Uh, also, when you're using an uh, explosive that requires a saving throw and deals damage, you can take a penalty to the save DC equal to your proficiency bonus. Uh, and if you do so, the item's damage increases um, by the amount equal to your proficiency bonus. So you can just really kind of stack on some damage there, especially if you're knowing they're going to save or knowing they're going to fail. You can just really make sure that they're getting kind of the most uh, you can out of it. Uh, and you also have advantage on saving throws against any ammunition or explosives you control. So if you ever had to throw a grenade and you're going to be in that blast, you're going to have an advantage on a saving throw for hopefully escaping the blast or taking a little bit less damage on it. Yeah. So uh, for those out there that really want to just, to, you know, literally blow things up on the battlefield, uh, good choices. Uh, a couple more for this episode, uh, formation style and mastery uh this one is uh those that uh, you know kind of want to have a tag team uh, skilled working with a partner uh when you have an ally nearby there's benefits to that um you know we talked about that with the guard action which is part of this uh which is a great uh, action that you can utilize in combat so tegan uh, talk to us about uh, the the benefits of the formation style and mastery and who can utilize that 
So this is going to be a good one. Uh, I think Berserkers are good to take with it, Fighters, any of the tankier classes, uh, especially if you're going to be paired up with somebody that's a little bit more squishy, like uh, an operative or a counselor or uh, engineer or something like that. This could be a good way to help them out because uh, one of the cool things is you get the guard action as a bonus action. Uh, so you can use your reaction to give them advantage on uh, the dexterity saving. And this also gives you the option to uh, give them advantage on dexterity saving throws, I think with the max or max mastery for it, uh, but it also gives any creatures trying to attack them disadvantage on the attack. Uh, the cool thing is if you have a class that gives you the guard action, uh, as part of that, you can get, use your guard as a reaction. So just really some more utility there. Uh, also with this is it's going to allow you if you, when you move on your turn, uh, you can use your bonus action to move one of your allies with you if they're willing, uh, as long as they're within five feet uh, and it takes no action by the ally. Uh, and you can move them up to their speed uh, and up to your end their speed, I should say. Uh, so especially if you're in a hot situation, you want to get the, one of your PCs out of there, you can use this to draw them away. Uh, DMs, this is one I would look at too, especially if you're using a caster or a force user or tech caster. Uh, this can be a great way to protect them, especially if they're concentrating on something. Throw a big, big beefy guy next to him, have him use that guard action and just soak up the damage. Uh, and uh, hopefully keep that concentration going a little bit longer to make your player sweat it out a bit. Uh, that's just the style. Uh, the mastery gives you a, a few extra pieces too. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned, the dexterity saving throws, when you take that guard action, it will give the, the creature you're guarding advantage on dexterity saving throws. Uh, but it also allows you some uh, opportunities to use reaction too. Uh, so when a creature misses an ally with a, within five feet of you uh, with a weapon attack, you can use a reaction to make a weapon attack against that creature without your proficiency bonus. So uh, kind of defending your party and getting some damage out there. Also, when a creature hits an ally within five feet of you, uh, you could use a reaction to uh, impose a penalty on the attack roll equal to your proficiency bonus, uh, hopefully causing that attack to miss. Uh, last one for the episode today. Uh, this is going to be the form fighting style and mastery uh, prerequisite to this one, uh, the ability to cast force powers. So make note of that. And this one is going to be uh, those characters that are skilled and uh, master the uh, basics of forms of lightsaber combat. Um, you know, that's obviously a big key of these ones is the lightsaber forms. Uh, and something that I don't think we've covered yet, but, uh, you know, I think we'll add it to the list. So uh, very soon we'll probably do a whole episode on the lightsaber forms because that's a whole nother cool aspect of the system. So uh, in addition to that, Tegan, the lightsaber forms, um, tell us the other features of this style and mastery. And then um, obviously force uh, casting is required this, but what other types of builds could utilize the style and mastery? Definitely. So these are a good one. Uh, I recommend it to guardians, sentinels, uh, anybody, uh, any of the any of the force classes, really guardians, sentinels, counselors, uh, but especially guardians and sentinels, because if you don't have a bonus action to use, these are all of these take your bonus action to activate and give you some cool features uh, and just kind of good ways to make sure you're using your action economy and getting some good, good value from it. Um, with the style, it lets you learn three lightsaber forms. So you get to pick them out. Uh, and I do think having a lightsaber uh, kind of a episode would be great because there's some a lot of forms. They've added a ton. Uh, there's a really uh, some good customization, a good flavor you can add with them too. Uh, so there's a lot you can pick from. Definitely go through, and especially you get three of them, you can kind of go through and really pick what will fit your character. 
because like Sarisu will give you half damage on your uh, first attack that hits for kinetic or energy. Uh, Vapad, or sorry, Julio will give you a lower crit range. There's a lot you can choose from. Definitely go through it and kind of see what will fit you well there. Uh, so that's what you get with the style. You also get uh, once on each of your turns, you can draw or stow a light weapon without using your object interaction. It's just a little bit more flexibility on that side in case that comes up. Uh, so that's just the, the style there. The mastery, especially with how many additional style or forms they've added, just really gives you a lot of uh, utility. Uh, this one, so basically one of the first pieces, if you are, uh, gives you three lightsaber forms, but if you already know at least three lightsaber forms, you learn the remaining forms. And I think there's like however many guardian classes, which I think we're over 10 at this point, uh, there are that many lightsaber forms. So just a lot that you gain from that mastery uh, that you can do and just really gives you some pretty cool bonus action utility. Um, outside of that, uh, once in each of your turns before you make a melee attack, you can sacrifice your proficiency bonus. And if you do so, uh, you can use one of your lightsaber forms without using your bonus action. Uh, and if that form uh, lets you make an attack, uh, that attack is also made without that proficiency bonus. Uh, it's pretty cool there that you use uh, maybe multiple different forms or uh, just kind of however you want to use it. If you have a different bonus action you want to do, you can do so. Uh, also, uh, once in each of your turns before you make a melee weapon attack, you can choose to forgo your proficiency bonus. And if you do so and the attack hits, you can choose another creature within five feet. Uh, and then, uh, and if the original attack roll would hit that second creature, they take damage equal to twice your proficiency bonus. Uh, so just kind of another good way to spread out that damage and do a little bit more, uh, a little more havoc on the battlefield. Very nice. Yeah, the, the mastery of that side is, is uh, pretty awesome to gain all those forms and definitely something we'll probably explore later on here. So. That is the uh, first half of the Fighting Styles and Masteries episode here. Um, so there, there's 12 more that we're going to go over on each side, Style Mastery, uh, in a future episode. Uh, so yeah, hopefully this helps, uh, especially with you know some of the suggestions, Tegan, that you offered, that you know people are building their characters and they want to consider a style, uh, what builds might work well with that. So uh, we hope that's helpful to everyone. And um, keep an eye out, probably uh, not the next one, but uh, the episode after that will be part two to wrap up this discussion. Uh, speaking of next episode, uh, so that one we are going to um, talk about uh, using other systems for inspiration. Uh, I have been uh, playing with some other uh, tabletop systems. I know, Tegan, I think you've uh, stepped into a couple as well. And uh, there's a lot that you can gain from what other systems do and, and kind of bring them into, you know, your your game here with Star Wars 5e. And um, it, they can be as small as a little, you know, table that they utilize for this or that. Um, and then we're going to have uh, one of my buddies, my player, uh, Rich, you would know him as 4D from Vagrant Freighters. Uh, he has a lot of experience with a, a lot of different game systems and whatnot. And uh, so I think he'll be a good uh, kind of third party to come in here and talk with us about uh, his experiences in that same topic. So that will be the next episode. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But with that, thanks again, as always, to all of our listeners, followers, subscribers to all of our content. We appreciate it so very much. And we will see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.